Hey listeners, we are the Dude Scouts. We drink beers, talk about things, award made-up badges, and most importantly, never take ourselves too seriously. Check us out on Instagram, throw us a follow, and please subscribe on whichever platform you choose to listen to us on. Thanks for being a fan. Cheers. Welcome back to another episode of Dude Scouts. Andrew, how's it going? Well, uh, this episode, we're going to be going to a galaxy very, very close. (laughs) We have a uh, guest with us from the great northern lower peninsula of Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a heck of an intro. The greatish, the greatish white north. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the very slushy white north. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not quite the frozen tundra, but it's like the partially frozen mud. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glad to be back. Yeah, uh, Corey. I think this is. Uh, I think this is your third time on our show. This is number three. Yeah, I think we. You yeah. and uh, you and our friend Kip are the only people to have been on here three times now. Kip sounds like a cool bro. He is a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, so Corey, what are you drinking? So I am drinking some Mare Pingree bourbon. I know you guys like to drink beer. I never have beer in the house because I will drink it far too much. <laughs> <laughs> so Mare Pingree bourbon is made uh, in at Valentine Distilling Company in Detroit. And it's their first bourbon that they make in-house okay. um, in Ferndale, Michigan. Mare Pingree he was the mayor of Detroit from 1890 to 1897, and he was considered to be one of the greatest mayors in U.S. history. He was a champion for the Detroiter fighting monopolies and con- corruption. And I also believe that he became the governor of Michigan. But I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Seems like a quick Google could have solved that. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So does does that bourbon, you, do you think that meets up to the legacy? Okay. So it is not Kentucky bourbon. That is for sure. It tastes a bit young, but... Not many Michigan distilling companies are actually distilling their spirits okay. in Michigan. A lot of them source it. So like, this is good. This is good stuff. And I like where they're going with it. I think it's only going to get better from here. Huh. All right. I like that. Valentine Distilling is mostly known for their vodka. I was going to say, they, I, they're known for vodka. Their vodka has won a lot of awards, but this bourbon is solid. It's very hmm. solid. I'm glad you bring a different flair to our listeners. Oh, yes. Normally only hear about beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andrew, I'll uh, I'll go next. I uh, I am drinking one from the Great White Slushy North. Mm. Uh, it is from Beards Brewery out of Petoskey. Nice, and it is a limited release beer called Silent Planet. So it is a uh, British style ale at about four point six percent, and it is brewed for C.S. Lewis Festival up in Petoskey, Michigan. Whoa, that's I did not know that was a thing. That's awesome. Yes, so. Uh, drinking this beer for C.S. Lewis, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so cheers to Petoskey. Cheers to the North. I've been to Beards Brewing Company before, actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool place up there. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Cool. All right. So I, I went a little further south with uh, Off Color Brewing Ooh. in Chicago. Yep. Yes. And this is beer for tacos. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's great. I, you know, I love the artwork on this one. It's got some... Uh, mice or rats, whatever you want to call them, carrying a taco away. And it's a, uh, a gas style beer with lime juice and salt added. And then it Whoa. goes into saying that the secret ingredients are lime juice and pink Himalayan salt. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Do you have any tacos with you? Uh, you know, just a pocket taco. You know, just <laughs> yeah. Break for emergencies. <laughs> uh, Keep know. that thing on you. You're going to need it where we're going. Yeah. Where we're going, we're definitely going to need tacos. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, beers are out of the way slash bourbons. Andrew, do you want to lead us off with questions this week? Uh, yes. So a university in Kentucky uh, last month, I believe, accidentally sent out 500,000 acceptance letters to a program <laughs> that they only accept maybe 26 people to. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Woof. There were people who obviously like had not even applied to this program. Because there's no way <laughs> half a million people applied to a program meant for you know two dozen people. Well, yeah. a way to just take away my hopes and dream of that acceptance letter being real. Yeah. I, I, did you get the acceptance letter? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> um, right. So this program was the school's clinical leadership and management program through the College of Health Sciences, which kind of it's it the terminology there sounds like a very general kind of made up degree so my question to you guys is if you were to get a acceptance letter from a school what would that school be and then what would that degree be so for example you could get a you know the the acceptance letter for a degree in spelunking from hogwarts Mm. so get crazy with it Hmm. i would like to receive a degree from the jedi academy uh letting everybody know that I've been accepted into the Academy as an adult, even though I'm far too old, but. And far too beardy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I'm getting in and I'm going to become a Jedi. What do you think your midichlorian count is? Some say there's never been a number that is quantifiable enough <laughs> to count it. Some some say it should be rejected from canon. <laughs> so yeah, some say I was conceived from midichlorian. Oh, who uh, university and the program they're in? You know, that's a tough question. It really is. Man, it can be anything you want. I know anything I want. Anything your heart desires. All right, I'd go to old, it'd be from uh, Old Spice. I'd be going to the Old Spice Academy for attractive gentlemen. Ah, some gentleman training. All right. (laughs) That is what it would be. Some reason Old Spice has a university now. I don't know. Yeah, they've got a, yeah, they've got a a pre-Kingsman degree that you can get. Mm -hmm. More realistically, Mm -hmm. it'd be like the University of Phoenix. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They have a degree for literally everything. I think you can become a Jedi there. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) For the low cost of $400 a credit hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't get Master Yoda. You get some unnamed guy from, you know, scene three in Attack of the Clones. Some unnamed character <laughs> who uh, part-time works as a clerk at the local grocery store. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he runs a night karate class. He read a magazine about Jedi and he's qualified to teach the class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? What, what's your, uh, what's your school? Oh, I would say the, um, I would say it's a poli sci degree in rock history. Mm. And it is from the South Harmon Institute of Technology. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where you can learn to blow shit up with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so in that regards, I'm getting Jedi training. <laughs> yes. Yes. From the school of shit. <laughs> <laughs> These are all jokes from the movie Accepted. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. Uh, So for my question, on this day in 1719, Robinson Caruso was officially published. Now, Caruso spent 28 years on a desert island. Or sorry, yeah, desert island. I like desert island. <laughs> desert island. <laughs> Where is it to keep with dessert? There's a reason he was there for 28 years. It was desert island. <laughs> he had cake every day. I mean, yeah, right. even that. He just had always so fresh Oreos. Cupcakes on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he was stranded for 28 years on a desert island. Uh, and he survived for those 28 years by farming, hunting, you know, changing grapes to raisins, that kind of stuff. My question is, how would you survive for 28 years? On a desert, uh, a desert island or a desert <laughs> <Yeah>. island? <laughs> uh, either or. I think one would give you diabetes, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I can only call on my experience watching Castaway um, and hope I find some FedEx boxes that include a pair of ice skates and a volleyball that I can become friends with that'll keep me company (laughs) and uh, just, you know, harvest small rodents and tree bark and uh, yeah, just try to make the best of it, I guess. I see Jedi school taught you well. Yeah, well, I could just meditate the entire time. (laughs) 
until I die. <laughs> I probably would die. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think I would survive that long. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That Wow. Like after, you know, five years, I feel like you'd really just give up any hope of being found. I'll, yeah. I'll ask that part later, though. I'm, I'm curious as to how he was found. He was actually found multiple times throughout those 28 years. Wow, he must have been a dick. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We're actually going to leave you here, buddy. You're on the next ship in seven years. Yeah, you're on this island for a reason. Or or do you Mm. think he was just really into it? And he's like, nah. nah." (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. You guys go. I'll catch the next one. I'm going to set a world record, guys. They're like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Andrew, how would you survive it? Um, well, it's a, it's a desert island. So I would train a circus of scorpions and then Mm. probably (laughs) die from said training. So I guess I wouldn't survive. (laughs) There's your answer. Uh, So we got two dead guys. (laughs) I would eat Andrew. That's how I would survive. (laughs) Turns out we're just on opposite sides of this desert island. Yeah. Oh, nobody thought to yell for another person. Yeah. You just called it quits after like day two. You're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> just going to lay here until it takes me. Yeah. Oh. I guess like, yeah, just hunt fish probably. I mean, it's a desert island. So like trees probably aren't really a thing. Like how, how arid is this island? There's a lot of questions that need answering here. Yeah. I mean, this guy was making grapes. If he's making grapes, like he's thriving like the Romans. Like, yeah, let's be real here. Bad. Yeah, he's growing uh, barley or rice, something like that. Probably had, going... yeah, they had wine. <laughs> if you got grapes. I need to find the island with the rum stash. Ah, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yep. Uh, I, you know, I don't think I could make it 28 years on the island. I think I could make it about a year. I think it could make it a year, you know, scavenging yeah. for coconuts and, you know, rodents, stuff like that. You got two empty halves of coconuts and you're banging them together. <laughs> That's what I would do for amusement. <laughs> Reenact every Monty Python movie. Yeah, reenact every Monty <laughs> Python scene from memory. <laughs> you know, so was this guy, was he just like, no, no, I, I don't want to jump on your boat. I'm, I'm writing my book. Well, I think <laughs> most of the time he was, uh, there was cannibals. There's like, you know, packs of cannibals and prisoners on the island. Uh, But uh, he also was pretty bad at sailing because he crashed in two out of two voyages. So (laughs) let me give it up. And at the end of the book, he's he's finally done sailing. And so he doesn't have to set sail across the water anymore. He's like, I will move my wealth over land. And then he gets attacked by wolves. Oh, Jesus. He doesn't have much luck in life. Give it up. Yeah, I guess so. Corey, what about you? What is your question for us? That's a great question. And it, I was thinking about, I knew this was going to come up, obviously. So I was thinking about it before the podcast and I was listening to some music and it kind of goes in line with what, what we're sort of going to talk about today. What, and this can be from any movie or TV show or whatever, what song from what show or movie gives you some sort of emotional response? Ooh. You know, it really could be any of the music from Lord of the Rings for me. Mm, yes. Oh, it, all of it. Is there, is there any, cause there is one specific song and I've had, especially recently, there's been one specific song from Lord of the Rings that had like, it brings a tear to my, like every single time. And it's just recently that I've, that it's happened. And like, I think we talked about this last time where the older we get, the more like emotional we yeah. seem to be feeling about that type of thing. So is there a specific one that really gets you? I got to say, I've got to go with just the standard Shire, the, the, the sounds mm. of the Shire. God, yeah. That's, uh, that's, I think what hits me the hardest over all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I agree. The scene uh, in Return of the King where they're climbing up the steps to Mount Doom and it's like a mixture of like the evil Mordor music and the Shire theme where Sam's talking to Frodo about strawberries and cream. <laughs> like that one hits hard because it's the 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 juxtaposition of the the themes of the music, man. Yes. But yeah, the Shire theme, you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with it. Hey, Andrew, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say, Andrew, what do you got? Ooh, so I've got um, <laughs> Running For So Long from The Peanut Butter uh, Falcon. Ooh, yes. I haven't seen the movie, but it sounds like a good song. It's a great movie. It's it's a great movie, and that song is really good. Mm. Can you give it to us one more time? Yes, yes. So Running For So Long, 
um, from the movie The Peanut Butter Falcon. Got Is that it. the one with Shia LaBeouf in it? Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And well, and it's got um, Dakota Johnson. And so mm. the and the the actor actually does have Down syndrome. Mm. That plays the main character who yeah. is the Peanut Butter Falcon. He's actually Captain Peanut Butter Falcon, I think. Yeah, it's like yeah. his. Uh, it's his, his persona for wrestling. Yes. Um, gotcha. And so, uh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson are basically these other two supporting characters that are ah, just trying to okay. keep him safe in you know his this guy's quest to fulfill his dream of of wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sounds that sounds sweet. I I think that is it on Netflix. I saw it on. It's some... on Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember. Yeah, but... I was gonna say I I'll put it on the list now that I have a good review. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good movie, and the song is uh, really um, it's a very emotional song mm-hmm. actually. So it's 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 kind of like about uh, obviously it's um, so running for us along, and it's it's what makes a house a home is like the repeating mm-hmm. theme in there. But there's kind of like this darker element behind it that's that's about self-acceptance and so it's just yeah. a really cool song that really captures the film yeah it sounds fantastic i like it love it all right so for me because i don't think i gave one did i not yet um again going along with the theme i the there's a song at the end of the mandalorian tv show and it's in the last episode and it's in the last like five minutes and particular scene which i'm sure we'll probably get into but it's been a long time that I have felt something other than like disappointment with Star Wars mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And this song sort of wrapped up really nicely season two of The Mandalorian, which was amazing. And it was so well done. And it was just like it was perfect. It was perfect Star Wars moment. And the music was on point. Um, and that's what that's what we want out of entertainment like that is to make you feel something so. It's called, the song is called, if anyone's curious, it's called A Friend. A Friend. Hmm. A Friend. Yep. Huh. I was listening to it right before we got on. <laughs> <laughs> got you in the mood. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so kind of going in to our next segment, I do have another question. Ooh. Sorry. Another question. Little beer burp there. Okay. Yeah. You are in the Star Wars universe as a random character. You cannot be a Jedi and you cannot be a Sith. You're just a random character. What role do you play in the Star Wars universe? I love it. I love mm. that question. Mm. So, <laughs> sorry. So, this is the silly answer to that question. I'm going to give that one first. I like. I want to be the clone because I'd get to look at my handsome self all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, I would like to keep one mini me as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did just select a Jango Fett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to go a sim like I was thinking like a bounty hunter, but I don't know if I could be a bounty hunter. I don't know if that's my style, um, but man, I want some of that armor. <laughs> you just want, want the armor. None of the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> I want the best car. Yeah, I want the best car armor. Um, yeah, that's a really, really good question. I think that who I'd want to be and who I would end up being are probably two different things. Because who I would want to be at this point, I would like to be a space ranger. Mm. And I could, I don't care. I mean, I could be a solo space ranger or I could work for some sort of intergalactic space park system. (laughs) 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 Maintain, you know, buildings and trails within the space park. (laughs) (laughs) Reporting to Leslie, nope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically, the job that I currently do, but in space. And I'd like to have a blaster. That's I'd like to have that. Yeah, I think you'd more have like a stun rifle. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably so. I want <laughs> like cool green armor, though, at least. I'm trying to keep bandits what? off the moons of Endor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, I'm going to be a park ranger on Endor. Protect our Ewoks. Yeah. There we go. They're an endangered species, just like every species in the Empire. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be gonna use friend. your helmet and armor as drums. No way, man. We're tight. Me and yum, yum. We're tight. <laughs> We're like six <laughs> times their size. <laughs> What's well, so Chewbacca? Man, he was all right with it. <laughs> but he's got hair. I mean, he's, he's just as hairy. Yeah. You got to work on that, bud. Yeah. 
Okay. Get the you're, long beard you, at least. That'll, that'll got, do it for them. The, you really built it up, and now you got you guys are crushing it. For me. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry, Corey. But Space Ranger. Space Ranger. Yeah. Uh, I imagine I would be some kind of some kind of smuggler. I could see that some guy mm-hmm. running big money deals across weird uncharted boundaries. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got like a. a not like Han Solo from episodes four, five, and six, but like Han Solo from <laughs> seven and eight. <laughs> he's like the like Han Solo light version, like the yeah, where it's like it's like everyone's trying to kill him in the galaxy, and they're like, and he's just trying to cut deals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just trying to cut yeah. deals with people. Yeah. yeah, just kind of talking my way out of situations. That's exactly mm. what it would be. Trying to smooth talk. Yep. Right. Exactly. And somehow I'd end up in the smuggling business. Yeah. Instead of hand solo, your name is like foot group or something. Pan bolo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see it. Yeah. Oh, all right. So getting into our main conversation, which is, if you haven't guessed by now, Star Wars. Yeah. Corey, we consider you to be our expert on Star Wars. Wow. And quite an honor. If Andrew agrees with this, I'd like to give you the won't you rebel about it badge. Wow. Mm-hmm. I get my first Dude Scouts badge. <laughs> but I thought you already had a badge. No, he feels like he earned this badge. one, though. I, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, maybe it was Bones that got a badge instead of you. Maybe. I don't but know. We've got no archivist, so we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not in the archives, then it doesn't exist. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's a whole chunk missing from the map. And there's like, yeah, that, that part doesn't exist. <laughs> you're yeah, like, hey, right. how many holes are in the map that you're just like so confident yeah. that you're just like, it must must be a gap. <laughs> Obi-Wan has lost his system. How embarrassing. <laughs> um, do, do you like, I, you know, that's what I, I, I think they missed so many opportunities for the dad humor from Yoda. Really mm. granddad humor, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. Because he went from like super wise to just like insane, basically, in a pretty short amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Mm-hmm. But also, if you were in a swamp planet by yourself for that many yeah. years, well, it's like, Much man, like it's a Robin, desert island. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's Robinson Caruso right there. Yeah. Yoda Agaba. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's out there making raisins from grapes. Yeah. Looking for someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes so Corey, you are our expert on star wars yeah Uh, and so i would like to tickle your fancy here tickle it and ask what are you most excited about with star wars man uh that's a that's a great jumping off point because the next like the next couple years specifically are going to be really exciting for star wars there's a lot of it's mostly shows like the Disney plus shows that are planned right now, yep. but there are movies that are in the works. Not a whole lot of, there's basically no information on the movies at this point. However, I am the most excited for, I mean, the the thing that's coming next is the bad batch TV show, which is coming out on May the 4th of this year. And that's a continuation of the clone wars TV show. Yep. Um, clone Wars season seven was pretty epic. I know a lot of people like didn't watch the clone wars because it was animated and they're like, Oh, it's for babies. But the clone wars made the prequels like legitimately like a thousand times better. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Absolutely. It, it just fleshes out so much of the storylines that don't really get explained and the connections with the characters so much deeper. So um, in the immediate future, the Bad Batch, which is uh, coming out soon, very soon. And then the Kenobi TV show, which is bringing back Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. That has begun production and we should be seeing that. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're also bringing back Hayden Christensen as well. They certainly are. Yeah, so they're bringing I'm back. I'm happy about that because like that dude got so much hate and Star Wars fans treated him so poorly. And I feel I like I'm so glad that he's coming back for that because he did a watching the prequels. Now the prequels have aged really well, in my opinion. And he did a great job doing exactly what Skywalkers do, which is they're misguided at times and they're whiny and all that, but he did an excellent job at it. So yeah, Kenobi is shaping up. I mean, I obviously everyone loved Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so just having that opportunity to, to see him in that role again is like, 
it's it's really 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 exciting so i think that they that lucasfilm and disney learned from some of the the pitfalls that happened with the sequels uh the sequel trilogy because this and the sequel trilogy was overall really largely disappointing they had so many cool characters and so many cool things that they could have done with it and they did almost none of those things Mm -hmm. and so there was no plan there was no I mean, they just winged it basically, and it showed in the finished product. Um, and so, moving forward, I hope they have a much more like Marvel, like Marvel Cinematic Universe approach. Where I mean, they had that shit planned out to the letter. You know what I mean? With references and um, things that built other things. And ten years from now, you'll understand it. Type thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Favreau and and um, Dave Filoni. Yeah, yeah. I've really like <laughs> helped write and just flush that yes. whole thing out yeah yeah john favreau bless his heart and dave filoni who should be he's like a patron saint of star wars at this point mm-hmm. and without them that i i don't know where star wars would be because the mandalorian is has brought a lot of fans back and unified the fan base in a lot of ways because it was so divided because of the sequel trilogy but it's it's an exciting time there's like 10 different star wars projects that are coming out over the next three to four years um and some coming out like i said the bad batch coming out may 4th which is what next next week Mm -hmm. or yeah next week so it's a great time to be a star wars fan if uh if you know what's up (laughs) yeah yeah it it seems to me kind of with with episodes one two and three it was kind of like it was like um george lucas kind of went through the same thing yoda did Right, <laughs> he finished his big, you know, finale with yeah. episode six. Had his isolation period. <laughs> yeah, drove him a little crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we got episodes one, two, and three, and it was like you said, like there was this whole world and universe that they built, and they just like didn't tap any of it. Like they just scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. It felt really it like when we talk about Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and the the whole universe he built. It's you know, a mile wide and 10 miles deep. And when the the, sequ- the prequel trilogy came out, it felt like it was 10 miles wide and six inches deep. Yeah. So there, yep. they, it didn't feel like there was a whole lot there. But that's where this stuff that has happened since, you know, the Clone Wars and bo- the books that have come out in the extended universe and all that type of stuff has made the prequels so much they make so much more sense and there's and there's so much more context to it and in all reality like we saw the prequels when we were you know 10 9 mm-hmm. yep you know whatever and we loved the prequels at the time and a lot of people hate it like my dad's generation didn't like the prequels all that much because they grew up on what star wars was you know in originally which, yeah 70s and right, 80s which it's interesting now we have and I don't know how you guys feel about the sequels, but I liked the sequels because they looked good. They were movies that were fun to watch and they looked good, but they weren't good Star Wars movies. And I wonder that in you know 20 years or whatever, if they will have sort of the they added context and some of the things that have helped the prequels become a lot more like well loved overall. Because the, at this point, the prequels are overall by and large a well loved trilogy. And I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the sequels if that's going to happen because like the, John Favreau already said, hey, the Mandalorian is going to directly tie into the sequel trilogy. Hey, that might make it awesome. Who knows? Oh, the, wait, the existing <laughs> one or the the next installment? No, the the existing one, the one that everyone hated. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, well, yeah, and and I gotta say, those of um, those of our listeners who are truly truly sci-fi nerds will know that the show firefly and <laughs> slash serenity is really what kicked off the concept of the space western which mm-hmm. i imagine once i watch i have not watched the mandalorian yet but i'm sure once i watch it i will i will kind of see a lot of parallels there yeah man i love firefly is great too seriously yeah that's that's a disappointing it was they didn't even make a full season um they got yeah, yeah. season two coming out <laughs> never, never. <laughs> and they made well they made that they made the movie which didn't follow along with any of the storylines from the show no 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 but the mandalorian is pretty drastically different from firefly okay it was the it was interesting because the mandalorian drew a lot of its uh inspiration from older old westerns and old like samurai movies 
Yeah. So oh, yeah. Okay. Where, I can see that. That's where Dave Filoni and John Favreau got a lot of their inspiration was from these old samurai movies and old westerns. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, yeah, and 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 obviously, uh, Firefly is kind of a more campy western type. Clearly, so campy. So campy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that's what makes it great. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta I gotta ask if you were to rewrite episodes one through three, like you could change anything in the plot. What would you do? You know, I, I think we all can agree, like the concept of the Clone Wars, the geopolitical, or I guess that's not geopolitical. Uh, huh. What would you call that? Heliopolitical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the heliopolitical structure is falling apart, right? With the Clone Wars and the, mm-hmm. you know, the shitty trade federation, those the fucking bureaucrats. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so what would you do? You know, it, it, obviously we have to admit that back then, right? There was not a direct access like we do now with streaming, right? Yeah. Um, so there's no way that any any network would have ever seriously considered picking up a Star Wars show necessarily. Right. Um, right. And so really there was no good way to fill out, as we discussed, filled out that, that, that whole series because really it, episodes one, two, and three could have been like, honestly, 10 hours worth of movies easily. For sure. We need um, the extended cuts like Lord of the Rings. Yes. Exactly. But yeah, so what, what would you do then? What, how would you maybe modify the plot or just add to the plot that was that was already there to make it better yeah, and more interesting? I, for me, it wouldn't be so much a plot decision. I think that the plot and the story as it is, it, it, it makes sense and it's solid. What I w- The biggest thing I would have changed is like, the really, really like cheesy writing because they had some really good actors and actresses and I felt like they did the best they could with the material that they were given. Mm-hmm. And I know that Star Wars as like as as what it is, is sort of that kind of cheesy uh, space opera. I mean, that is a space opera. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> said, but I think that it could have been done with. I don't know. I think of like the Clone Wars as a good example. It was catered to kids, but also adults with some, it had light and funny and good Star Wars moments, but it also had some really dark and adult themes, which um, like Revenge of the Sith had. Revenge of the Sith was a good, a good combination of what Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones were, in my opinion, um, because it had this really i mean you were i don't know it's it's so emotional and you have that emotional connection to revenge of the sith and like the betrayal of anakin but you see his perspective so clearly and so well um i look at it if i had to change one plot point and i could have my way i would let qui-gon jinn live he was the most pivotal character in the prequel trilogy and he i mean he died I, it would have been totally different if he would have lived. Anakin never would have turned to the dark side, most likely, because Qui-Gon was like the epitome of a gray Jedi, basically. And that's why he wasn't a master, because he didn't tote the company line, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have been it would have been completely different. My and I think what would, what should have happened is Qui-Gon would have accepted Anakin as his Padawan learner and the council would have made a big deal about it because Obi-Wan was his apprentice and Qui-Gon would have just left the he would have left the order, the Jedi order and trained Anakin on his own. And he would have taught Anakin the dark side and the light side, because in the Jedi, in the, the Jedi from the prequel trilogy, they were so far removed from like the balance that they sought. And it was just all light all the time. And the dark side was this thing that they just didn't acknowledge. And it was complacency. That was their downfall. Mm. So like Qui-Gon was woke. He was woke. And even like Count Dooku, like, see, actually, and that's that's where I think the I don't think that I, I think Qui Gon should die because it gives um, and and actually that that the um, Darth Maul should also live because it gives Obi Wan like this revenge story right yeah. because we well, see that you and McGregor supposed Darth to be Maul this does live. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know in a stupid way I'm sorry um, <laughs> half spider mech half man <laughs> spider, yeah yeah exactly it was dumb how it how they kind of like made it happen but his his character arc after that was so good okay okay but point being though is that he he had this well and, and that's the thing we, we could have still let him live still let darth mm-hmm. maul live and he could fulfill that later character arc in yeah. you know the mandalorian or whatever other places we see him right mm-hmm. but that 
that um, essentially that's Obi-Wan's struggle, episodes one through three, would be this seeking revenge, wanting to kill this guy, yeah. and then having, yeah. for some reason, for some unforeseen reason, having to let that go because otherwise it was going to just pull him into the dark side completely or something. Yeah. Um, but I agree, Count Dooku, I don't think they made him just completely Sith, which I disagreed with. I feel like he should have been like he, a rogue Jedi. Yeah. He was, so. and that's what he was. I think he was, that yeah. he, he was absolutely just a, he was a rogue Jedi that it was sort of like Qui-Gon because he was, I mean, he was Qui-Gon's master. Mm-hmm. He trained Qui-Gon Jinn. And so, yeah, he wasn't evil necessarily. It was just that the, the Jedi order no longer was in line with what he saw as balance or justice or whatever, because I mean, the, the Jedi order was okay with sending millions of lives, the clones, and they were just cannon fodder. You know what I mean? And they were okay with it. So the, the, the order was broken. And from a, you know, a 10,000 feet perspective, you can see that. And it but was when militarized, people, right? They, they, the yeah, order became militarized. militarized. Right. Yeah. And they were no, they didn't, they didn't stand for anything that the Jedi were supposed to stand for. And part of that was the brilliant manipulation of Palpatine. Like he saw his, he, he saw his opening with the weakness of the Jedi order and he took it like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. So plot wise, I think that overall, I think the prequels were pretty solid, but the yeah. writing and the, the cheesiness of it, like the love story between Anakin and Padme was super rushed. And, and actually I think so. So there's, there's three things. One that, that I would change one Darth Maul lives through the, throughout the whole trilogy and then mm-hmm. lives on somehow. Yeah. And then two, um, uh, Count Dooku doesn't like report to, he basically reports to Darth Sidious, which yes. I think is dumb because it's basically, he's that means he's full Sith, right? Yeah. yeah. Which I disagree with. I think he's like, he's in between. He's playing his yeah. own game and he's like two steps ahead of everyone. Like I would like to actually yeah. see it where he's, you know, where you flesh out maybe some of these things, details in the Clone Wars series, but where you mm-hmm. find out that actually he's even steps ahead of Darth Sidious. Like mm-hmm. he's just playing his own game, but everyone's yeah. after him kind of thing. Yep. But then the the third thing would be that I think actually it would make more sense that Padme was like totally infatuated with this tortured version of Obi-Wan, right? Mm. And that yeah. he ends up choosing like, you know, the force or his Jedi-ness and mm-hmm. that like just, you know, tears her apart. And she mm-hmm. goes and get, gets emotional, you know, comfort in Anakin. And then, yeah. you know, they make some mistakes, some risque mistakes <laughs> or benefits yeah, to the galaxy. I don't know. That her, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the galaxy gets some twins out of the deal. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I, I think that just would have been a much, it would have made more sense, I think, than, than, than this yeah. whole like, oh, they're just letting Anakin like, you know, have a wife and all this other stuff. Because clearly they know what's going on. That's like. Obi-Wan knew. Yeah, he knew all along. But allegedly, nobody else did, according to the Jedi uh, yeah, text. Exactly. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. The Jedi have like spies everywhere, right? Because they're militarized now. They like want to know everything. Yeah. It's like, you know, being peacekeepers in a passive way. They're being peacekeepers in a very militaristic way. Aggressive negotiations. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like, though, yeah, those are the three details I would change. Um, yeah. I think it would have made the the plot a little better and i agree though like you said the details in the script are just kind of awfully written where it's like mm-hmm. you're giving jar jar poop jokes basically that's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and when i was a kid i freaking loved jar jar and now i <laughs> look at jar jar in it like sort of a nostalgic way and um but like from a narrative perspective yeah it was a it was you got to understand every universe has to have its lenny right yeah right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah hodor in game of thrones but that was super emotional this one you just like you couldn't really get into it you're like uh and you also couldn't get you also couldn't get away from him yeah yeah (laughs) yeah they just gave him like three lines a movie after the first movie Mm -hmm. yeah and he gave the the emperor emergency powers he basically ruined everything yeah, that's why. Like, I think the fan theory of Jar Jar being a Sith Lord would have been a great. It <laughs> would have been. It would have been great had Turning, he been less he like the, campy yeah. and ridiculous. Like, <laughs> he was the mastermind. Yeah, yeah. Had he been the actual mastermind, I think that would have yep. been an absolute brain buster. Yes. Which it would have made in some ways it would have made sense because he would have been more isolated, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because if you think about it, like Palpatine was around people all the freaking time around Jedi's all the freaking time. 
do the mental work that I think it would take to be like, don't show off my force vibe would just be like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, super taxing, right? Yeah, for sure. So I have another question of all the Star Wars movies and films, not the TV shows. What is your favorite movie or Star Wars film episode? Mm. So it's a really hard question for me. I know I know Corey's is the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the yeah, the Christmas special was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, just no after TV the Halloween show, right? special, right? Yeah. Yeah. No TV shows? No TV shows. Mm. I I think probably everyone's easy answer is to say Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to say Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite. Um Followed closely by, and this is with added context. I'm going to put that out there. I, the like Phantom Menace, I really like Phantom Menace a lot, mostly because of Qui Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think Revenge of the Sith, that's the one still, I would say that's my favorite. What about you, Andrew? So, I like the, uh, and I'm blanking on the name, which is stupid. I should have done the research. <laughs> but, anyways, um, <clears throat> I like the episode where they it's not it's not an episode, right? It's it's adjacent to the canon, um, but it explains the whole reason why the maps to the Death Star were Rogue acquired one. at great cost. Oh, Rogue One. Rogue that is one. my that is yeah. Andrew, yeah. I agree with you. That is my favorite Star Wars movie. That was like a test drive for them to figure out how do we build this universe and explain these even just the smallest detail that's literally that whole thing was created basically from one line in the original mm-hmm. films if you really yeah. think about it the context yeah. of that one line generated yeah. that whole thing and it, it kind of gave a window into like how the empire was operating um to its you know i don't want to say constituents but to its uh oppressed citizens right yeah yeah the, basically the guy was an engineer and they were like yep you're doing this yeah Oh, by the way, we yeah, just Rogue, killed your wife. Rogue One is fantastic. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, it it helped develop that the yeah the the why people were rebelling, right? It gave more depth. <laughs> yeah, it gave more depth to the the whole the whole story, like prequels and the original trilogy. All you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that Vader scene at the end. Yeah. Bad, most badass two minutes of any Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. And it's terrifying, too. God. Yeah. Yeah. The perspective to see it, like, because, yeah, in the, in the original trilogy, you just see, like, the thing blow up and then he just, like, walks out and just, and, you know, yeah. kills a bunch of people and then keeps moving all, along the way. But, like, this is, like, a different perspective where you can see the, the literal struggle um, mm-hmm. that the, the, um, oh, I, the, I guess technically they're Naboo troopers, but, uh, um I don't the know. rebel troopers yeah the tech, yeah the rebel troopers but they i, I don't know what the class they are because they got the weird helmets and whatnot but, yeah um, they're like the alderaan guys <clears throat> yeah the alder that's that's what it is yeah alderaan they get so. found in alderaan places <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was i was just about to make that same joke um <clears throat> But yeah, like literally they know like each of those guys who's like, who they, they get their hand on the thing. They're just like, fuck, I know I'm going to die. Like that's like, that yeah. is evident in their facial expressions and everything. Like they just, they know sacrifice that's going to happen. To make, yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. That's all that movie is about too, is it's sacrifice. Cause all pretty much all the main characters die. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's very anticlimactic, but it's also, that's what makes it so good. I agree. I agree. Well, do we have more? on star wars that you would like to talk about oh man i don't want to be oh. here all night uh Corey, let's say now it's not the case but let's say uh one of our listeners has never seen star wars in their life mm-hmm. what is in your words something that could convince somebody to sit down and watch star wars oh man well, for me, it would be, I have a lot of good memories with, of Star Wars. My dad introduced me to Star Wars. And so it's a big connection to that relationship specifically. Um, and I look at it like my, like when you, when you have a significant other and they haven't seen Star Wars, that's an excellent opportunity for you to build a connection with them if you haven't seen it. So if mm-hmm. you haven't seen it and like your girlfriend or your boyfriend wants to watch them and they're big fans, that is opportunity for you to build that connection with them is important because for me that's how that's how anytime like any new star wars movie any new show it's a big thing i talk to my dad about it we try to see them together all that type of stuff and it it, it always kind of comes back to that 
Okay. So building that connection with, uh, you know, someone in your life. Gotcha. And it's just freaking entertaining stuff. <laughs> like laser swords. And... Laser swords and blasters and ships. And... <laughs> Things go boom. Yeah, right. In space. <laughs> Things go boom. <laughs> they blow up a planet in like the very first episode ever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they got cool costumes and shit. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, moving on to interesting things from the week. Andrew, let's start with you. Ooh, uh, man, I'm going to be honest. I uh, was taking two classes this semester, so I've got nothing interesting from the week <laughs> other than just sleep deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we did talk about this last week where you said, don't, don't expect much of me this week because yes. uh, I'm not going to be alive much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm glad that you survived this week. How, uh, yes. how, how, how close are you to being done with these classes? Entirely. Um, I will be done in June. End of All June, right. I will be done with my degree. You're, you're getting close. Yeah, you're almost there. Almost. Almost finished with the master's. Mm-hmm. In engineering. <laughs> Not recommended Jason if you're Born. an art major. It's, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> Don't you think that if getting your master's, you should have that you should have master put in front of your first name yeah like how phd has a doctor exactly you yeah. should be master andrew that's funny though doing, that's that's yeah. fun. oh no no it's it's like star wars right there right yeah yeah that should be a thing you should be you should get the uh suffix is that what it is yeah yeah the yeah suffix. the title yeah you should get the title of master mm-hmm. they, they do they do address that in doctor who Really? Master Doctor. Master Doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Master Doctor. <laughs> Reporting for duty. <laughs> oh, Corey, what about you? What's something interesting from the week? Um, I Something interesting from this week was how many times that I can like be introduced to a new thing, specifically with work I'm talking about, how many new things I can do in a five-day work week and be expected to like, to be a, to be a master at them. <laughs> so I went from like, so here, here's what happened. I went from learning how to rewire and tear apart an electrical pedestal at the park to, um, uh, building. What did we build or what were we working on? We did, I, I've done so many things this week. I can barely remember. I was building something. I think we were building, <laughs> we were building a cover for air conditioner units. Um, yeah, whatchamacallit also works. Yeah, we were building a whatchamacallit out of wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I went from like to building to then plumbing. I had to Ooh. learn stuff about plumbing stuff. And all in between, all like surrounding that, dealing with, you know, the park being open and campers and all this stuff. And like our employees coming back. So now like trying to assume a leadership role with people that I worked with last year. So it was a very interesting week. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things thrown at me, but like, this is all great life life experience. And yeah, I'm loving it. It's a, it's overwhelming, but it's great. That's good. Uh, So I kind of had two interesting things. One, I have an official date to talk to a, uh, admissions slash uh advisor with uh grcc hell yeah awesome to start the classes again that is in yeah. two weeks i i was surprised with how far booked out they actually were but yeah. so uh about two weeks from today i will have that appointment the other interesting thing is something that's much less talked about in the world and it is living in a neighborhood and your neighbors and how they affect your daily life. Mm. Uh-oh. It's funny. It's really, it's, uh, so it was a little chilly this week and uh, I, I needed to mow the lawn because I had not mowed the lawn this year yet. <laughs> and as much as I talk about it, I needed to get it done, uh, but it got chilly and I did not want to mow the yard in around 45 degree weather because that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, when you live next to people with yards that connected to yours and they mow their lawn, it creates tension. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it creates the uh, the game of if he mows his lawn, I have to mow my lawn. Yeah, because you don't want to look like shit. Exactly, because it then his yard looks great, and my yard looks like well, you know, shit. Yes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> my neighbor was out there, forty degree weather, full coat, gloves, boots, all of it, mowing his Getting lawn. After it, yeah, I couldn't do it. 
I got I got a little upset because I was like, why is he mowing his lawn today? Why is he got to do it today? Because tomorrow's supposed to be cold. The day after that's supposed to be cold. So I had to go as the losing neighbor for two days until it was just warm enough for me to mow the lawn. Mm. But I will say this: the lawn looks great. Excellent. So that was well, the all the clippings are in the other yard. <laughs> Jumped them over the fence. Yeah. Fuck it, neighbor. We got the last lap, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what have you learned from today's episode, Andrew? Let's start with you. I have learned that I will enjoy watching The Mandalorian. Mm. And you certainly will. That the Star Wars universe might have a shit together. And have actually planned ahead. <laughs> That's what I learned from Corey. There is that they might have actually planned ahead this time. That's... We can only hope. I mean, they've got titles at least. <laughs> yes, there's a show there. They have Rangers of the New Republic. That sounds cool. I, oh, it does. I think Star Wars Visions sounds pretty cool. Oh yeah, we were talking about Visions. Yeah, the anime one. Yeah, and if you had watched uh, the Love Death Robots on Netflix, you would understand why I'm excited about the Star Wars Visions series that's coming out. Yeah, we went through every single, I think, like I said, I think there's 10. We went through all of the 10 break. We broke down every single one on the on the Weekly Warrior podcast, our yearly Star Wars episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So, Andrew, I, I, you will enjoy The Mandalorian as well as the upcoming Star Wars episodes. Looking forward to it. Corey, what's something you learned? I learned that Robinson Caruso survived on a desert island for 28 years and he had grapes. <laughs> it, I, is, it is fiction. Well, you know, still, <laughs> it still sounds like a fun tale. I've never read it. So that was something new. I, uh, I learned that Corey is going to Jedi university. Mm. Uh, and J-U. I, <laughs> I learned that, uh, that I'll probably be getting my degree from university of Phoenix. <laughs> and also jedi and i learned that andrew has seen the movie accepted so those are uh those the, are some that last that... one's a pretty low bar you should definitely see that film <laughs> if you are in the age range of 20 to 40 you should have seen yeah. that film you should have seen that film jonah hill's early days yes no nope. yes all right all right Corey. thank you for joining us today yeah, this I man, I could talk about Star Wars. This was the fastest like hour and twenty minutes ever. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on to talk about Star Wars because I love it. Absolutely. You've now just rehearsed your airport conversation. <laughs> Got a yeah. long layover to start talking to people about Star yes. Wars. <laughs> some might love it, some might hate it. I don't care which one it is. Yes. <laughs> You just want to talk about it (laughs) after an hour. Like, Oh shit. I'm at the wrong gate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Appreciate it. It It's fun as usual to hang out with the dude scouts. Yeah. Well, thank you, Corey. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. May the force also be with you. And also be aware of the revenge of the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Dad jokes over. Toodles, guys. Peace out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dude Scouts. Please validate our fragile selves by giving us a follow on Instagram or send us an email at dudescoutspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Toodles.